0: Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Acoro to the bucket. And oh my, Acoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off the Stevens. Oh my. 45 ticks to go. That shot is yes. blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that Harden pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for him. <laughs> oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. Hey, Chris Manning here from the Locked On Cavs podcast. Coming up on today's show. Evan and I are going to talk all about Jonathan Kuminga, who worked out with the team last week. We're going to talk about uh, his workout, what we've heard about it, what is out there about it. We are going to talk about some of his pros and cons uh, as a prospect, and we're going to finish the show by talking about um, whether he's actually worth considering rolling the dice on. Obviously, I think if you've listened to the show or read Evan and I's stuff, we sort of think this is very clearly heading towards an Evan Mobley is a Cleveland Cavalier thing. But we're going to talk through sort of that explanation. Um, if you go down in the show notes, there are a bunch of things I have linked to videos in particular. Uh, one from Draft Junkies ho- done by our friend Raphael Barlow. One done by Mike Schmidt from ESPN where he did a film session with Kuminga. And then one with Sam Vincini from The Athletic uh, where they broke down Kuminga. And I hope you guys enjoy those and, and get a little insight uh, on Kuminga from people who know him much better than us. But today's show is also brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app today and join us. Evan, when are we going to do one of these? When's our next one? When do you want to do this? Uh, dealer's Choice, man. Uh, you want to say Wednesday? Yeah, let's do Wednesday. Right. Wednesday sounds lovely. Join us Wednesday sometime after 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to get in on the action. And uh, this is going to be our. Uh, we're going to blow this one out for reasons we're not going to disclose, but we're going to. We're black. We're black. We're going to... We'll be, we'll be mourning a little bit. Well, I. I it's, you know, it's joyous. We're going to celebrate things, but yeah. That's fair. All right, Evan, let's uh, get into today's show. Uh, again, thanks to Spotify for Green Room for being the title sponsor of today's episode. But how are you, buddy?
1: I'm good, man. I had a great weekend. I went to Marble Room for dinner. I had just a lovely evening with my girlfriend and uh, one year together. Hardly someone's been able to put up with me for that long, but really enjoyed the ride and... I say the same thing about you it's been a little over the year doing this podcast together but I'm good man I, I sat out in the sun a lot today That's so good. I'm feeling a little cooked
0: yeah I went on a nice walk in one of the the many metro parks and it was nice to, to get some air um I, I mean I got to tell you though on Sunday but we're gonna get into Kaminga, did you see this picture of, of LeBron and Dewan Wagner at an AAU game I did not okay so so you can uh, it's uh, Jordans are in front of the program. Um, sent a little – had a tweet about – saw this slam tweet uh, from uh, LeBron and DeJuan Wagner, Cavs legend Dewan Wagner um, at an AAU game. And, like, I was like, oh, I feel old now because, like, Dewan Wagner was, like, one of the growing up – people people i came up you know like understanding on the Cavs when he was like 10 years old you know like when i was like 10 years old excuse me and then like following like the his personal life stuff and now his son's one of the top prospects in the like country for his grade like it's just i'm feeling old
1: yeah no i, I get that too i see lebron's rocking the tune squad space jam shirt really uh repping his brand but you know dewan wagner's looking like he's doing well i see zern went down a rabbit hole watching old footage of him um for those interested in hearing maybe more about Dewan Wagner and we'll be having him on later this week, uh, watch episode three of chosen. You could really see how the Cavs mismanaged the roster outside LeBron, his first stint here.
0: Yeah. Uh, Seth Rosenthal, real good guy. We'll have him on. That'll be Friday's episode. So for sure. uh, watch all three episodes, uh, watch episode three, which I got to work on, uh, very, did a very small part to help with the script and, Uh, Truly one of the highlights of my career to get to work on that because that project is incredible before Um, we start everyone got a chance to watch and enjoy it
1: um, What was your favorite zany first at LeBron story?
0: I think Hmm. mine is
1: when Dan Gilbert and Mike Brown bought a ticket to Vegas to intercept Z on his connecting flight to China or LAX I should say and they went to the wrong terminal, then went to the right terminal, stopped, and bought flowers and a balloon that says, I love you on it, to convince Z to re-sign with the team. Like, that's just so odd. That's up The there.
0: LeBron story for me is just the Hummer. is the Hummer, and then the Mini Hummer, when he, like, brought the Mini Hummer out and was driving it around on the court. Yeah. That's it. That that's peak. And then like all and the and the vintage jerseys that like Shaq like a shock that Shaq, Shaq went to in Cleveland. Yeah. With like yeah. vintage jerseys.
1: Or Amari Stoudemire almost getting traded to Cleveland. And then you know what? Shout to Rich Paul. Someone um pointed this out, uh, Farmer Jones did on Twitter. It's he started selling jerseys out of the back of his car and met LeBron that way. And last night he was sitting courtside in the NBA finals with Adele, his new girlfriend. Like we stand a king who has grinded his way to the top.
0: Yeah, um, there's a very if you go deep in the archives, there's actually a very good episode on LeBron and uh, the Ryan Jones LeBron bio that I did with Farmer at the, at the Farmer Jones on Twitter, aka Ryan Jones. Uh, so he knows LeBron pretty well. Yeah, and just a generally good dude, a good Twitter follow. Yeah, um, have, yeah. all right, Evan. We had a good, ep- had a good episode of them last
1: summer. Check it out.
0: Yeah, all right. Let's talk about Kuminga. So, Evan, he worked out for the Caps last week. He did. I. So I there's the report. There has been some reporting that it was very good. He impressed people. You got like some of those glowing quotes. Well, I, one report well, we have, is from
1: OutKick, and the other report is from Chris Fedor. So we've done some sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I've heard a little bit differently that it wasn't like great. I heard he stunk, <laughs> like full so, stop. Yeah, the the thing I just want to I want to do, about, I want to say about this because I don't. I I tend to like think that in-person workouts like while they're part of the process I think can tend to be like overvalued when we're mm-hmm. talking about them in the moment because like Darko Milicic like got overdrafted because he had this like incredible workout in front of the Pistons like oh, against their people you can read about that in the LeBron book actually yeah. I'm pretty sure that's and, in there and, or no that might have been in the uh maybe that was in the Abrams book I'm getting them like, confused but it might in be the Abrams really gonna be a book and then there's
1: also like Yo know Yiji Leon who dominated a chair in a workout and right. that somehow got him picked sixth overall by Milwaukee in 2007
0: yeah, not so, not so stuff. So like, sometimes these things get over hyped. They can be like a a, a part of a team's decision. They can be sort of part of the, a team's decision making process as they're like sussing through all of this. Mm-hmm. I tend to think that like the, like you also don't want if you're a team you don't want the, the leaking like like being clear that you leaked that a guy sucked in your workout because it just doesn't help a relationship with agents and their camps and stuff. No, like Kuminga is uh Kuminga is an rep by a, like, mega mega power agent a la CAA or, like, Clutch or something, but he, his agent is, like, based in Cleveland. That, that's um, why
1: he's been working out at Cleveland State so much is because his agency is based in Cleveland. It's a smaller agency. Yeah. They represent, I think, Victor Oladipo as
0: well. That's correct, yes. And then, like, th- there's a reason that, like... Like, sometimes if you've been, you know, you might have seen like, Miles Bridges in Cleveland in years past, stuff like that, clutch guys will also, like, end up being in this area because there's clutch offices in, in the Cleveland area. Um, even if their main office is in L.A., Do the pro-God's lane. But sometimes they will, mm-hmm. like, put guys in Cleveland because it's a little more isolated and uh, they can focus on the draft. So, like, get sort of the idea behind putting them here for a couple months and yeah. putting them in a nice uh, hotel or whatever for a stretch Let's of time. Stay the man. Yeah, a lot of people do. You'd be, you would not be. That's like least surprising uncup secret in Cleveland that a lot of professional athletes oh live or ha- long term stays at the nine. Um,
1: they have, this, like they have the same. Or Jonathan Kaminga has the same agent as Cavs legend Dangadell. I'm, I'm really starting to connect the threads here.
0: Yeah, let's just do the the board from. Uh, Always sunny. From uh yes 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 okay so. I guess I see what you put in the notes here, Evan. It's unbelievable. But uh, what are you what are talking you about? Ma-
1: you wrote it. It says C-CM after it, and yeah. you just erase it.
0: I did because you wrote that, and you're trying to blame me even if no I can see this. But what do you just make of what we're about the workout stuff? Like, I think it obviously is like, all I think I really care about is that, like, they worked him out. I think that's a smart thing to do. Um, it doesn't totally matter to me that, like, he did bad. I don't think he, I don't think we'll get into this at the end of the show. I guess I just never have thought for a while now and just based on thinking about the draft talking to people about it talking to people about what the Cavs might do what they need that like he's one of like if there's a guy that is going to disrupt the presumed sort of top three I don't think it's going to be Kaminga I think there are teams that like could be that I do not think Cleveland is that we'll get into later why like he doesn't really fit this team in a lot of ways but like I just don't think this was ever going to be the guy that they sort of potentially threw a curveball into the draft process for. Like There there are other guys, I think, or other options that I think make more sense for Cleveland in particular. Oh,
1: no, I absolutely agree. Um, if you're a regular listener to this show, Chris knows at this point I absolutely loathe the fit of Jonathan Kaminga and Cleveland. If they're five, six maybe, but now that they're picking third overall, you take one of the best players available. And Chris is also right in the fact that Jonathan Kaminga isn't going to be one of those like fringe five six seven prospects that could crack the top four i'd feel safer in saying scotty barnes is gonna be that guy and you're also right like the Cavs are just doing their due diligence working out prospects outside of the top 10 like i know they're trying to get franz wagner in for a workout they're gonna look at um al prince and too, to like josh giddy they want to talk with jalen johnson i know is going to interview with them or has interviewed with him at this point um they're struggling with some of the guard prospects i.e. Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green so they're just kind of doing their due diligence on all these prospects uh Cade won't straight up talk to them at all Cade's just going to be interviewing at the Pistons at this point but if things do change during a trade like during draft night or after the fact like things could really change then but um yeah I in terms of the workout like you said you can't take too much Scott Doc from an individual workout because let's let us not forget when Darius was drafted John Balan said he was hitting shots from Nashville and Los Angeles but um
0: the, the the that era in particular of cav sells is like incredible oh like the, it is the quotes are like incredible
1: you can sell me on darius garland and so many other
0: things but so those quotes are so zany but um i've that and the quotes about hiring Line just remain like a, just an incredible just like we're trying to sell like busted goods vibe it's amazing
1: i, I bought it for a second but um to be fair but with kuminga from what i heard like i the reports that he was a consistent shooter that really wasn't the case he had a good like hot stretch for a bit um from what i gathered i believe isaac okoro was present for it and they put isaac on him and isaac kind of ate his lunch on most possessions and to be fair isaac has had a full year of defending the best players in the world kevin durant james harden uh LeBron James, you name it. Like, Isaac had, a, was put in the grinder in terms of defensive potential, but they, they, they threw Isaac on Kaminga. Kaminga couldn't get anything off really at all. So maybe more credit to Isaac's growth and development. But we'll talk about this more in the next segment. Like, I understand the intrigue and upside of Kaminga, but you need a team that could be patient with him. And this is just due diligence stuff. Like, I think people are reading way too much into this. Um, I think it's good the Cavs are getting some of these top prospects in. I think them having the third pick changed the calculus a lot. But let's say there is a scenario somehow, some way, Cleveland goes from three to five and eight with Orlando, you need to interview and get to know some of these guys, because if you do land in that scenario, you need to have a good familiarity, and you need to be absolutely sure if you're Kobe Altman, if you take one of these players, that it doesn't blow up in your face, because Kobe's probably going to be fighting for his job a little bit this offseason, too. So like he can't maybe swing for the fences too much on some of these picks, but I don't know. I'm also not a general manager and a podcast co-host for a reason
0: uh yeah you didn't uh you know go to middlebury i didn't um, go to anyway, middlebury evan, or
1: talk to Goldman Sachs exacts we know yes. the 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 joke the joke writes itself every time
0: yeah i'm just a lazy joke maker. right evan let's take a break here uh we gotta tell everyone about our friends at built bar Look, if you're a Lockdown Cavs listener, a loyal Lockdown Cavs listener, you know about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. Um, my favorite flavor right now, I got some strawberry ones in the mail today, and this might be the new best Bill Bar. Better than uh, the, the coconut brownie chunk, better than the cookie dough chunk, better than uh, your favorite cookies and cream. Like, this might be the new gold standard Bilt Bar. Like, it's, I don't it's know, pretty good. Grasshopper's pretty good. Oh yeah. And the grasshopper one that they had for that little stretch was like, I didn't been
1: savoring my sample box they sent us to try and I think there's six in a box they send us. And it's been a sweet treat for me every now and then. Like I don't try to like demolish those. It's the same with the churro ones. Those were really bomb too. when they had them the, needless to say though, this is really quite literally is the best tasting protein bar ever.
0: Yeah. And you remember not only are built bars, the best tasting bars out there, they're healthy too. They have 17, 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So go get the strawberry, the cookies and cream, the German chocolate, or whatever you like. And remember, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that neat? Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Alright, Evan, let's talk about uh, some of Kuminga's strengths here. So I hear this is from our friend Richard Stamen from Mavs Draft, one of the great hosts of the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a scouting report that I've also linked below that you can go check on and read. Again, there's a bunch of great stuff I've hyperlinked in our show notes today. So if you want more on Kuminga, you can go read them. Here are some of here are a couple of his strengths, and then I'll get into a couple of his cons. Strengths include strong recovery, ability defensively, a quick handle projectable jump shot form, excellent at finding cutters, playmaking upside, good post skill, patient in the pick and roll. Cons include needs to be a better shooter and can improve consistency. Needs to get better finishing with his left hand, gets lost in screens on ball and off ball, plays a bit out of control, and has to learn to control turnovers and be less predictable as a passer. Evan, here's what I here's just where I'm at on Kaminga and watching um, some of his G League games and what and reading up and, and watching as much as I can. I just like look at this guy, and I, if, I as you alluded to, like if you're picking a little later and you, or maybe you're even if your organizational situation was a little more stable yeah. historically, like this could be a real interesting pick because you could develop this guy, bring him along a little slowly, get him seasoned with the red vets around him, and then like turn him into something really special. But like I don't see a guy that is like in a defensive stance every position. I don't see a guy that is like consistently trying as hard as he can and maximizing like what he does. Like he also despite. Like, his really good frame was, like, often very bad as a defender in the G League, despite, like, just having the tools and the physical ability you would think to kind of be an incredible player on that end of the floor. Like, I, I just don't see a guy that is, like, maximizing his physical attributes. And, like, if the, if that guy had existed in the G League and we'd seen, like, samples of him against grown men where he looked really, really impressive, a la, like, Jalen Green... Like there's a world where this guy is in discussion, I think, for like a, a top three, four pick. Well, that that's just I don't think we're in the world there. And like there there's some of his cons, even though there's a lot of good, interesting stuff. I just don't think this is a guy that is like for, for the top three Like I, I, there's no way I think you can get me into talking about him as a top three option.
1: Yeah, I think heading into this pre-draft process, there was vibes just based on his potential. Like there's a lot, there there is defensive potential there. He possesses the god-given ability. He's six eight, two twenty, with a seven-foot wingspan. He could defend one through four at the next level and fives down the line. Like a lot of his pros sound like Isaac Okoro coming out of Auburn, and then some of his cons are concerning and like i know i'm parping that he has the god-given ability but a lot of it's just effort and energy because he has the physical tools to be a lockdown defender but he isn't fully engaged at times and like that's concerning because he's also a teenager it's hard to really coach defense unless like that's what they live and die by but um and then it's just the tunnel vision offensively and forcing shots out of the flow of the offense is concerning as well and he can make some passes but he looks for the making his own shot look better than trying to set up an open teammate. And he also just isn't a consistent shooter either, so that is harmful to the team as well. And like Chris said, if you were in a more stable position, like historically Cleveland general managers don't have that luxury, I really think Kobe Altman is more on the hot seat than folks might be leading on at times just because it's been three years since LeBron left at this point. It's been three losing years, and Dan's not really a patient team owner, um, even though he's kind of been hands-off more so than usual, but he's been working the shadows. But... Yeah, if the Cavs fell back to, let's say, like I said, if they trade with Orlando and they get five and eight from them. If Kuminga happens to be there at eight, I wouldn't hate that pickup. Um, Like, I know you hate player comparisons, but Kevin O'Connor gives them shades of like Danny Granger, Lou Al dang Jeff Green, like that's not terrible for like eight. But it's not ideal at five because I think if Scotty Barnes is there, you take Scotty Barnes because Scotty Barnes is the better prospect. And then, like, people are comparing him to Jalen Brown. I just don't see – like, Jalen Brown was super raw coming out of college and coming out of Cal and going to Boston. But, like, that was an ideal situation for Jalen Brown think they could bring him along slowly. You need a team that has the ability to be patient with Kaminga, and I think that's also what's going to keep him from really being a serious top five pick. Like maybe a team like Orlando considers him, that's fine, because I think Orlando has that luxury to maybe bring him along slowly. I think Oklahoma City or Toronto make a ton of sense for him too. But if you're a team, if let's say you're Cleveland, let's say you're Detroit, let's say you are Houston, uh, Toronto to an extent, because they've jumped up the four, Oklahoma City as well like I don't think you get these top picks for a reason because your team is bad you don't want to be in this situation consistently you don't want to be a bottom feeder in the league consistently because that's going to kill your revenue streams and everything else and it's going to kill your team as well you need to get a player that's going to be a difference maker and I don't think Kaminga like he has a high ceiling but at the same time you need to be patient with it, and some of these teams need a player that can make a more immediate impact. And that's my hangup with Kaminga is he can't make an immediate impact. He's more about the long play, and if you're a team like Cleveland, I don't think you can afford to take a long play
0: player. Can I ask you just a philosophical question about this? Like, for a prospect like Kaminga, like is that an indictment on the Cavs that like a long term option is just like we're, we we've been? I think this whole process when we've talked about this, like we've basically just been like. This can't happen. Like, they can't do a sort of long term prospect. Like, they kind of, it's, they're sort of in this position where they need to kind of be more proactive. Mm -hmm. Is that to you at all an indictment uh, on what this organization has done the last couple of years that someone like Kuminga? Is just sort of someone we're like kind of hand waving away, even though there are other guys like with that are have some stuff you need to improve on that we've talked about more seriously, a la Scotty Barnes, like even Mobley and Suggs, as an example, sort of have growth they need to hit too. But like Kuminga is the extreme example of this, and we've just kind of been like, not nah, like this literally makes no sense.
1: Yeah, no, um, if if Kobe made this pick at three, like the first off that blow my mind, that'd be. Quite the wild it, pick there, ben- yeah, bennett It would, it, would,
0: it, would, it would. Well, I don't. I think at least like. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's like Bennettesque. Anthony but it, Bennett it would, could
1: have gone. I think Phoenix had the 10th pick that year. He could have gone 10th to Phoenix. That's how low he could have gone. I'm going to look this up real quick, because I know Anthony Bennett was a wide-ranging prospect, but he had a ton of upside, and that was the intrigue with him. And then you find out that he has asthma and sleep apnea, and he comes into camp after shoulder surgery out of shape and overweight. And oh, I just learned that he is playing for a team in Puerto Rico. So congrat and their logo is literally a basketball with lobster claws coming out, so that's fun. But um I think it'd be Benedask. But if like again, if the Cavs trade back, I'm a little more comfortable in talking about Kaminga. But getting the third pick changed the conversation. let's say they stuck at five, which is where they're slotted to be, if like nobody shifted at all in the draft lottery. I think I'd rather take players that have maybe a little bit more stable of a skill set and maybe their deficiencies aren't so glaring and concerning at times.
0: Yeah. I,
1: it was Portland with the 10th pick. I was wrong. Phoenix had five. So it could have been, I think like five through 10 is where people thought Bennett was going to end up. And then he jumped up the one because I was, I was big on Victor Oladipo or Otto Porter jr. For one at one for Cleveland.
0: Yeah. Um, Ooh, what a draft. Um what a draft. What a draft. I, I yeah, I tend to think that like Kuminga is going to if he ends up in um Toronto, I think Toronto is like kind of the ideal spot for him. I could OKC can make some sense to me as well. Like I I think it's a team that just has sort of the right place to build him up and the right infrastructure. Um Cleveland, I I think in another world, like you you would like to be that kind of organization. I think they're just not there now, and I think there is something to say about that. I don't think it's like the biggest deal in the world because a lot of teams go through a cycle like this where they're not really in a position to sort of help a guy improve in that way but um and not to say that they don't have like really good player development and stuff i just sort of think like the the infrastructure of it all is like not quite where you want it for godly Kaminga. there's something that like you know in in a year or two like that might be different and then if you have a down year and you slide out of La toronto and get luck in lottery like then you can take a swing like this and that's where like that infrastructure and that stability that organizational competence like really does matter so anyway evan i think it's time to to pay another bill Mm mm-hmm and if
1: uh, if you want to bet on jonathan Camingo, you probably can uh if you watch space jam 2 over the weekend and you can bet on that as well through our friends at betonline.ag bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including the mlb nba nhl and all of your ufc mma action before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game, like Troy Barnes and High School Musical, as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs or a championship. So, head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only if you use the promo code on. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts in the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: All right, Evan, let's wrap it up with this. So, the other thing here that we can talk about is that, like, if let's just say, we, I would say we're, I, I'm at like 90 to 95%. Mobley is the pick.
1: Yeah, like, if you're a Cavs jersey collector. And you know this is a big win for folks named. If Edden. you're if
0: you're, you're Mac Wilson wearing a Collin Sexton jersey, a knockoff Collin Sexton jersey with a Pirates hat, nonetheless. On, 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 okay, not a Pirates hat. We talked about this before. It's a menswear hat, whatever. Okay. We but also it's like the we don't. Pirates we... local The optics aren't really there. Okay, we also just like haven't like confirmed that it's a knockoff. It just looks kind of like an.
1: Oh, it gives knockoff vibes. Like the the NBA patch feels a little off. There's like some threads coming out of the Sexton jersey. They don't worry. Um, the most annoying contingent they, they of Cavs with, fans eat. will eat this shit up, so it's fine.
0: Uh, okay. Anyway, Chris Manning's continue.
1: words as well, not just mine.
0: They're absolutely not mine. I'm like choosing like, positivity in the world that Evan's just like, I, I like violence.
1: Learned, violence. I'm Chris Manning. The vibes are off.
0: Look, com. looking for looking for a co-host who's not going to like send me mom jokes about flood warnings all the time. Listen, it's a
1: creative joke, man. And it works every time because the weather's been inclement this last week. So there's a flood warning, and I'm saying, wow, the weather service was know your mom and I are hanging out later. And it's just it's, – I, I get a good little hearty chuckle. I exhale out of my nose. And then Chris is like, drop the location. I'm like, okay, someone's taking this a little too seriously.
0: Not really. It's I'm, just I'm teasing you. you. All right, but when you look at this, this where we are with this draft at three – is there someone that isn't Mobley that you're like, okay, like I would entertain this. I don't think there really is when you, when it kind of comes down to, to to have Adam Silver announce this pick. I don't think there's anyone else that I would really consider as like an actual, like pick above Mobley, like Mobley probably in a, in a reality is like the second best player in this class. Mm -hmm. Um, this is, this is the, the options that I sort of typed out here, um, is if you were going to swing, this is the names and uh, possibilities that would come up. Kuminga, who we've talked about a lot, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs, and then a trade down option.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is there like a scenario in there that you actually like, sort of, in, that interests you? Um, if
1: Scotty Barnes really completely overhauled his jump shot and it's fluid and not looking so clunky and like he doesn't look so stiff when he shoots it, Scotty Barnes intrigues the heck out of me. But other than that, I could see the Jalen Suggs play if the Cavs trade Colin Sexton on draft night. And you want to say, okay, we're gonna pair Suggs and Garland together because Suggs can play the two. He has the size for it, but it's a little underwhelming of a pick, especially maddening if you pick a point guard for the third year in a row. Um, that's just me, though. Or three, four, third, third, third out of four years, because I forgot Isaac Okoro is a small forward. But uh, at that point, if the Cavs are really like out on Mobley or some reason, or like Evan Mobley says, I will not report to Cleveland and pulls like an Eli or something like that. I'd say trade down. I'd be very disappointed because jumping to three was such a huge surprise for me still. But I think you'd trade down at that point if, like, you burn all your bridges. And it's tough because, like, Jalen Suggs has no interest in working out for the Cavs right now because of their guard situation, and they're having a hard time getting Jalen Green in to do one as well because I think he has a promise from the Rockets. I get a really strong impression that he does. So... You really hope that Mobley likes it here, and he wants to be here. And I like Evan Mobley a lot. And like I said, this is a big win for people named Evan. It's really going to make us notorious, and it's going to be a popular name again. So I won't feel so uncommon. But Scotty Barnes, maybe. Or you trade down. That's it. And if it's like Corey Kispert
0: or something like that, I'll actually vom live on camera. Would be a very, very bad idea if they like trade down, and it's like... Uh, um... Wagner and Mitchell. Yeah. Davian Mitchell is
1: interesting. Um, he'd be good for a contending team, I think. But um, oh boy, uh, not not at all for the Cavs. He is six foot two oh two, and he's twenty two.
0: Yeah, I I think if Sexton were to be dealt, I think Suggs is sort of interesting. But I think Mobley just has to be. I just don't really see like a scenario where like, a guy that offers what Mobley does is sort of like worth passing up and maybe you talk yourself into Suggs because you're like okay perimeter guy size like comp, him and Garland play together etc but like I, I just that requires I think Sexton being dealt before the draft or like on draft night and then you clear out the the way for Suggs and I think like juggling all three of them becomes just like very 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 tricky um, to do. The other thing I would just I just want to say as a reminder is just my general thought on draft stuff a lot of the time is frankly that just like I think a lot of this stuff ends up just being very, very complicated and, like, hard, and I think, like, roster building in the NBA is never, like, linear. Like, I understand that, like, people, like, you, when you think about the draft, like, okay, like, I've seen Luka Doncic, I've seen Devin Booker, I've seen, like, these guys, like carry like, young stars carry their teams, and there are these, like... Six six wing types and like everything has to be wings and I'm guilty of like okay like take a lot of shots on wings but like look at some of the very best players in the league right now that are like weird like Joel Embiid is sort of like a is more traditional but he's kind of weird like Giannis is like kind of a weird player to build around mm-hmm. and the Bucks are doing really really cool stuff with it like but as Nikola a caveat Vokic,
1: Milwaukee didn't expect this from Giannis they really thought no, but, Jabari Parker was going to be the Batman and well, Giannis yes. was going to be his Robin
0: okay Kendrick but like carry on yeah. My point is that, like, once they realize that he was the guy, it's, like, I think you do get in a position where, like, once you're going to build in that way and you figure out what is what, like, whoever your star guy into being, like, it can just be a weird thing. It's not always going to be, like, exactly a prototypical created-out-of-a-lab superstar. Like, and it's just never ultimately that easy. And, like, Mobley could be, like, a superstar for you. And, like, just because you're, like, he's not a wing, I'm going to overdraft someone that's not a wing. Like, I, I do think that, uh, you, like... Like, I think that's dumb. I think that's mm-hmm. just a dumb way. I think everything about NBA roster building is ultimately about, like, how creative can you be? Are you kind of putting the right piece on the board at the right time? Are you developing guys? Are you problem-solving for you the town that is available to you? That is mm-hmm. more, like, for, especially if you're a mid-market, small-market team, a la the Cleveland Cavaliers, that is how you build a successful organization. It is mm-hmm. problem-solving for your roster and building around what is available to you as smart as you possibly can. It is not fitting, like like whatever you think a star looks like onto your team. And then just like banking on that working out. Like that is not, that is oversimplifying it, but that is like an argument that you have seen made that like, okay, take the wing and go there. And I would just also say like, it's not just Evan and I like saying that the Mobley buzz is out there. Like Matt, I want to say Matt Moore shot him out. Uh Lockdown Nuggets, co-host one of the hosts of the Thursday episode of Locked on uh, NBA. NBA with Jackson Gallon from Locked on Rockets uh, right. over at the action rights over at the action Network. He uh you probably know him on Twitter at right? HP basketball if, if that that's not already aware to you, but he had reporting in there that was like the the Cavs like are zeroing in on Mobile because they believe Green is going to Houston and like that is everything that is out there right now is like that that like the draft order is gonna go Cunningham, Green, Mobley. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some trade stuff that happens or not. I don't. I tend to think that the price for one of these teams to get up to number one is going to be too high. Evan and I both kind of think it's like going to be way more than like a Luka trade framework at this point. Like the price seems very, very high. I think Evan Mobley is going to be Cleveland Cavalier, and like there, are, we should talk through these other options as we did today. We're doing a Jalen Suggs episode tomorrow, so don't we don't need to talk about him anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, I just kind of think this is where this is headed, barring a, a swerve at the last minute
1: yeah that's spot on Ben like I don't know I think it's going to be Mobley and he's going to fall into their laps I feel and the Cavs going to be better off because of it and before we go because um, we're getting close on time here I was reading uh, I really do like how KOC pre- presents his big board and his mock draft and his analysis on things but he brought in Matt Dollinger to talk about team needs and he summed it up pretty well with his last, his summary of the Cavs' needs. And I want to ask you if you agree with this, because I do. Um, this year's pick at three won't make or break the rebuild, but it will tell us what direction it's going. I, I really do think that. Like, if the Cavs swing for Suggs at three, or if they take green and they don't figure out what's going on with Garland and Sexton on top of that, we're really going to have an idea where things are heading. And I think Evan Mobley really ties a lot of these problems the Cavs have together doesn't answer all of them because like I said it's not going to make or break this rebuild but we're going to have a clearer idea and identity of what this team is going to be if they build around a player that has a super high ceiling in Mobley
0: yeah I think that's dead on KFC is pretty smart for a reason um Pretty cool that I remember like buying his like NBA draft PDF that he did when he was at Celtics Blog and now he's like one of the one of the lead NBA voices at the ringer. Like mm-hmm. that's just kind of cool. That's very cool to me. Um Yeah, I th- I think that's where we're headed. I think I think that I we've talked about this for a while. I think this offseason and then next season is one of the more it, it's a very pivotal year in whatever iteration of the Cavs this is. Oh, yeah. I I think Stuff is either going to progress in a way that allows us to build on what is here, or it's probably going to shift in some way that we don't fully understand yet. I I think, and there's going to be some gray, there always is like sort of some in between, not black and white, uh, one or the other reality, but I, I do think that's sort of where we are going with this, and I think this this draft is the is something that we've been very much waiting a long time for, and I think it's going to set the tone um, in in a way that is sort of interesting.
1: Yeah, no, and silly season's really going to start going off the rails soon. Um,
0: I just I just feel like it's not going to be a
1: Cavs silly season, which is kind of nice. I think the Cavs are going to do some silly stuff. That there's some smoke to this Warriors thing too. Like I heard about it today, and yeah, I, I just don't know. well,
0: yeah, I just don't think the. Uh, I do not think the I just think they're three, and then like them not being like we're actually gonna take like like I don't know Josh like someone, Guinea. yeah, like someone not to three, I think we're pretty, unless like something changes and like that 10% to five to 10% we've sort of outlined is like not being locked in stone. I would be surprised if like the decision, like as much as like I make, I tease Kobe Altman. I actually think him and JB are like actually pretty smart like oh, reasonable. They, they work beings. in
1: tandem. And I think that's such a nice thing is like JB has a lot of input on this roster, but like, I don't know. Kobe has a good eye for talent. Like I will say that all the time. He found Jetty Osmond by doing some overseas scouting and made a smart trade to get him sec in the second round. Like, yeah, Jetty hasn't worked out exactly the way fans have wanted, but that was smart scouting. Like that's a really good pick for a second round pick to get that kind of rotation player like that. Yeah, um,
0: Evan, any final thoughts?
1: No, not really. I'm interested to see what happens next. Um, hopefully things kind of quiet down a little bit. Uh, this Colin Sexton chatter is getting tiring at times, but um, I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Uh, I hopefully have a piece running this week. It, it all hinges on Chris. So I'm putting the pressure on him publicly.
0: I'm I as evan knows my life has been very busy and this is now that he's reminding me i this will by the time you're listening to this this will be a, this will have been edited
1: good good there we go that's what i'm gonna start doing now is just putting the pressure on you publicly um team usa is a mess that's my other thought that's going to be really fascinating to watch too and just gonna i'm gonna enjoy watching the Cavs. i think i think they're gonna be having a fun off season i think they're heading in the right direction as long as they take evan mobley or Jalen Green, just one of those two.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I And I think Mobley, if Green goes as two as we expect, that' going to be a calf. Probably yeah. taking, uh KPJ's would number. yeah, his uh, USC to USC, which is just kind of an interesting little wrinkle there. Um, Evan, I'm going to end on a somber note here just because I I just – this is going to be an awkward tradition. There's no way for me to not make this awkward. Um, you may have seen – people have maybe seen this on Twitter already – um Kirk Henderson from Mavs Moneyball is raising money for Jonathan Sharks, obviously of the ringer, also wrote from Mavs Moneyball. One of the very nicest people um in sports media. And they're raising money. He's obviously been battling cancer um mm-hmm. for a while now. It's a very suit form of cancer. I I've linked to the to the the caring bridge page that his wife has been updating. Uh, there's actually some pretty recent good news on there which which made me very much smile on Sunday. Um but I linked to the GoFundMe. They're raising money. They're doing a live event. Um, If you happen to be in a Cavs fan in Texas for some reason, and like you live near, uh, I think it's Virginia, Texas. I'm sorry, McKinney, Texas at the pub McKinney on July 31st. they are doing an event there. Uh, Nick Engstead, Isaac Harris from Lockdown Mavs will be there. Um, I think a bunch of other Mavs people are going to be there and they're going to do some raising money from there. They're going to give his family this money. And uh, that just makes me incredibly happy. So, yeah, and
1: unrelated news as well, um, I'm doing the Velosado in September, and if Chris would like to include the donate link to that, the money's not going to, Jar- to Jonathan Jark's family, but I'm writing for him in mind because he's such a wonderful person, and he's such a wonderful writer, and he's a huge inspiration to a lot of us too, but... If you know anyone who's dealing with cancer, or if you've personally battled a cancer yourself, or if you've lost anyone to cancer, um, I'll be writing for folks like that too. I've raised a decent amount of money so far. It goes back to the Cleveland Clinic, it all does to help with their cancer research. And we all know there's a top, they're one of the top hospitals in the world. So if you'd want to help me out too, I'd
0: appreciate it. Yeah, so check those links below. Check out all the NBA draft stuff below. just wanted to make we're gonna i'm gonna bring this up all week these two th- and that and evan and the Velisano all week uh we're gonna just gonna keep talking about him because i think it's sort of important to do so mm-hmm. and um frankly again like i i don't say this lightly uh charks i've talked to on a podcast maybe one time uh i've told evan this i, I was talking to kirk about this today um Generally, I think he might be the nicest person I've ever met in sports media. He, even, like, this past week, he was texting me, asking me for, like, Kevin Love takes, and we were just talking through some stuff. He's and a like, sports
1: media person who has no vendettas. He just genuinely wants people to succeed, and he'll help you in any way possible.
0: Yeah, and, like, when I say that, that is, like, incredibly rare. That is incredibly rare for someone to actually be that generally just nice. Yeah.
1: It. Not saying Chris does this with me, but I've interacted with plenty of people who, like, will help me with something, but then they want their back scratch in return. Sharks isn't one of those people. He'll just help you because he wants to help you. And he genuinely believes like good sports coverage is just a good thing for everyone. And that's yeah. a great way to live.
0: Yeah. Um. Just, yeah, it's just truly just a nice human being. Um, and the amount of money they raise in a day is like incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, considering Kirk showed up like a thousand dollars, it just blew up. But um. yeah, that's going to be it again, back tomorrow with a Jalen Suggs episode. We'll be on WKYC sometime this week as well um we're trying to figure out what that episode is going to be with our friends over there so we'll figure that out again uh we have news coming soon about uh a little another way you can enjoy this show which we're very excited about you can probably figure that out what it is um if you heard little differences in recording today note that i have a new mic evan was in a more spacious setting so if you hear little differences we're still figuring out some of the new stuff uh, as we're kind of figuring that out and again this week here's what we have coming up jalen suggs we're gonna have our green room on wednesday we're gonna have seth rosenthal from SB nation and secret base talk about the chosen documentary series the draft is already next week tons of fun uh evan send us out
1: as always give us a five-star review if you're listening to us on apple Podcasts. we're gonna start bringing that segment back but you know we haven't got a lot of them so we don't want to regurgitate a lot of things um Follow us on Spotify, Green Rule. We'll be doing live shows, even though this will be kind of like our last big bang one this week coming up. Um, join our Discord server if you want to come talk to the show or just come talk to Chris and I, mostly myself. Um, Jackass Forever comes out October 22nd, so excited for that. And as always, go Cavs.